as entrepreneurs, we know that we are not given a 401k. We're not given a, a retirement plan. We are the retirement plan. And so we shouldn't just be strategizing for the here and now. We need to be thinking, how do we, how do we generate the money and start having the money work for us? You are listening to Amplify Your Success Podcast, episode 290. And today, my guest is here to tell you how to use your business to build real personal wealth. You ready for this? Let's get started. Welcome to the Amplify Your Success Podcast. Get ready to ramp up your revenue, amplify your impact, and make your mark in the world. This is the show for experts, thought leaders, and service professionals who want to shatter their limits and achieve that next level. You're going to find out from other experts and influencers how they made it. Now, let's get amplified. Hi there, inspired entrepreneurs and business leaders. Guess who? Your host, Melanie Benson, Authority Amplifier. And today's guest is hot, hot, hot. This is a subject that is so exciting. And if you are not currently building personal wealth out of your business, I'm not talking about growing your business revenue. I'm talking about how you actually build personal wealth from your business. Look, if we're not building wealth, why are we having a business? Okay, I know you want to make an impact. And I know many of our community here in Amplify Your Success, making wealth was never maybe the initial intention. And I want to encourage you to listen to today's episode and explore what it would be like for you if you were building real wealth, meaningful wealth from your business. It's very powerful. It's an opportunity to not just take care of yourself, but to make a greater impact on so many people. Very exciting stuff. And this idea of building personal wealth has so much of its root in mindset. Very, very powerful. But there's also, if you follow my seven-step framework to add another $125,000 to your business, you should absolutely be able to follow the strategies our guest talks about today. If you do not yet have my seven-step framework to add another $125,000 in revenue to your business this year, Go get it right now at AmplifyWithMelanie.com. All right, now let's get into today's episode. Welcome back, Amplifiers. I am really intrigued by today's guest. We're talking about how to use your business to build personal wealth. And I have to say, this is a topic that for all of us entrepreneurs and business owners and leaders in whatever capacity we are. Being able to build personal wealth is such an extraordinary opportunity. And as entrepreneurs, we are uniquely designed to have this opportunity and way too many entrepreneurs are squandering this opportunity. So let me introduce my guest today as a money management and mindset coach, Erin Bridgman empowers female entrepreneurs to design a business that is not just profitable, but actually grows their personal wealth. Born with an entrepreneurial spirit, Erin cut her chops by scaling her photography business to over six figures in under two years, which afforded her the capital to begin funding the real estate empire she and her husband now run. Now, Erin supports female business owners to not just scale their business, but to use it as a means for building personal wealth. And when she's not working with clients or finding her next investment property, 
Aaron can likely be found vacationing around the world and spending quality time with her friends and her family. So Aaron, I'm very excited for today's conversation, but I have to, I have to go to the great love that I have, which is the travel. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. you know, if you're traveling and vacationing around the world, I have to ask, like, where's been one of the most fabulous places you visited? Oh my goodness. Such a great question. Okay. All of them, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I loved Bali. We went to Bali um, and we became scuba diving certified there. I'm like introduced into that like whole world, which is so amazing. Um, and I spent a lot of time in Eastern Europe and I'm excited to be able to go back and experience it in, in new ways with my husband. He's never mm. been. And so that is on the plan for the next year. Love that. It's on my bucket list too, but I'm, I'm still kind of caught up in a Europe phase. So I, I just, I keep going back to uh, Italy and whenever I get the chance. So that that's oh. where my great love is right now. Mm, so- they don't have a lot of snorkeling in Italy either. It's not one of the hot things to do there. <laughs> I love it. Could you imagine? <laughs> hey, you know, one of the things, I don't even know if this is real. I should do research, but I'm pretty sure Greece has like some really cool ruins that you can dive. Mm-hmm. Mm. And that's like on my bucket list, but I'm like, I'm pretty sure that exists. But. All right. Well, you're going to have to get back to me on that because Greece is also on our travel list. So maybe, maybe it. we can combine all our loves. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, let's talk a little bit about this extraordinary leap you made. And I, I first of all, I just have to acknowledge you because recognizing that our businesses could provide financial capital to fund like the future of our wealth building is a very unique mindset for a woman. And I, and it's not because women aren't smart. It's not because women can't be good with money, but I find that many of them do not have that framework as they get started. And so I'm super excited to dig into this. First of all, what was the reason, like, what was the catalyst for this leap from, okay, I run a photography business to now I'm going to like build personal wealth with real estate and all the other things you do. Yeah. Well, I've always been a dreamer and I've always felt like, especially when money was an object, well, I can just figure out that's not something to stop me. I'll just figure out how to make the money, manage the money, think about the money, whatever it is. And so that's kind of always been in my spirit from when I had to pay for college myself and had been spending a couple of years in Europe. So I had no money. I said, okay. So I took on being a door-to-door sales girl. I think one of the hardest ways you can ever do sales is cold calling, knocking on doors. And I said, I'm going to do it. And I finished in the top 10 of the nation of first years, just freaking knocking on doors in Iowa. And so this is kind of like a, I think a partly a, a natural part of me that I have worked to nurture. And also my partner, my husband, Brent, amplifies inside of me. And so we graduated And we love to look back. Actually, we were just sorting through a closet. Since I'm getting ready to have a baby, I'm like massively nesting. And so Brent was looking through all this paperwork and we were finding like our old budget sheets, the first wedding ring he bought me and a down payment, like these things that sort of we've been married now 10 years and 
wow, like to like remember our beginnings and um, financially. And so, and to remember, hey, when we were first together, we definitely didn't marry each other for the money because we had like a negative net worth of about $90,000 with our student debt and careers that were starting off with very low salaries. And I didn't allow that to be something that then I conformed to, okay, this idea of restriction and I have to just live this limited life with the entrepreneur spirit, right? We have the ability to make more money. And so I just went to the marketplace and said, well, let's start a business and let's make money and let's get to you know, do the things that we want to do in this lifetime that money affords us to do. And so that's where the photography business, and obviously it's not just about money. It was passion. I love photography. I love working with people obsessed with wedding days, all of that. And Brett and I's philosophy has always been that we don't want to just work for money, but we want money to work for us. And we, Brent always calls our dollar bills soldiers and we want them to be out at work working for us. And so as we were thinking about our position at that time, financially being in deep debt from student loans, we saved up $18,000, which was significant for us at the time. I mean, my full salary for a year was $20,000. So to have $18,000 saved up from photography was huge. And we said, we can buy an asset that produces enough money for us to pay off all our student loans, or we could take the $18,000 and pay one student loan off. And so this was our first huge sort of step into helping us have money work for us and seeing the power of investment. And that was back, oh my gosh, 2014. So that was eight years ago. And so that has been like sort of, I guess, a bit of my story and how I have kind of developed this philosophy in life and kind of lived into that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's very powerful. And, and I, and what got me super curious as I was listening to you share your story is um, I, I want to understand your thinking because so many people start a business and then the, the business just keeps reinvesting in the business, but you had the foresight to have the business fund the bigger wealth production. I'm curious if you can recall, was there something you learned or a mindset that you um, like adapted or like learned somewhere that, that really helped you make that decision? Well, that's such a great question. Nobody's ever asked me that before. I think one of the principles I teach And one of the things, you know, that might be coming to mind for me here is just, you've got to get so clear with your goals and having clarity around your financial goals and the lifestyle you want. This helps you make decisions that, you know, that money is what funds a lot of our dreams, like traveling that costs money, Mm -hmm. more time with your family. If that's a value that costs money, like, you know, a lot of the things that we, and we demonize money a lot of times, especially as women and uh, say, you know, this is icky and we shouldn't put our efforts towards it. But a lot of times, and I teach value-based spending, value-based with our money. And so I think I, with being a dreamer, I've always had clarity around my goals and I get really clear around them. Okay. If it's debt pay down, 
I, oh, that was another one of the sheets we saw was like, are all of our loans broken down exactly how much it is? What's the percentage of interest? Because if debt pay down is my goal, I should get really clear around what are the exact numbers and how, what's my strategy to tackle that? And so I think that's been what has, you know, I always say piles of green cash are not very inspiring. And that's the thing we see a lot of times with entrepreneurs is we create these arbitrary goals that sound really good. They sound really inspiring. I'm going to double my revenue this year. I'm going to, you know, hit the seven figure mark, hit the six figure, whatever. It's really cool. Why does that matter for you personally? And so when we start to attach these and have really big clarity around, okay, well, why do we want to make that money? you know, then you're going to show up and do things different. And, you know, so many people talk about the profit first method, which is definitely like part of my vibe and everything. I was just speaking to a colleague and I want it to, I want to like make it like your personal profit first. Like I think more than profit, obviously that matters for the health through business, but more than profit is what are you personally paying yourself out of your business? How is the money energetically impacting you personally? And the more we have clarity around that, the more we're going to do certain things in our business and make decisions in our business that help us get to those points. And still Mm -hmm. to this day, that's how I'm doing that. So right now, Brent and I are strategizing our um, investment portfolio in real estate, and we have clarity around what, what it takes for us to live our lifestyle that we want, and then the larger financial goals and we've developed all of those. And then we're backing ourselves from that. Okay, so what does that mean we want to do um, in in real estate this next year? I love it. There's so many things I want to ask you, but uh, you, you just brought up profitability. And it's, I think, one of the things that um, people have a lot of myths around profitability. So let's unpack that one. Um, we both know there's a difference between profitability and business. And actually growing personal wealth. So talk about that a little bit and what you're seeing there and what we need to know to actually grow the personal wealth side. For sure. So, you know, profit is a good thing to be looking at because a lot of times, especially as we look at what people like educators online or like different things or ways that we're going for things in our business is revenue driven, which is part of the picture and I help women increase their revenue for sure but we want to increase revenue where we're increasing profitability as well because who cares if you know you're selling a service that's fifteen thousand dollars but it costs you fourteen thousand five hundred well that's probably not the right thing to scale because there's very very low percentage of profit there and so this is it's good that we're at least thinking of profit and that's, that is what we want to look at. Um, But also we want to look at the personal, what is your salary? And I find that many times people pay themselves last, they pay themselves least and they pay themselves very inconsistently. It's like the first thing we stop doing. And if you like, I just finished rich dad, poor dad, which is obviously a very, you know, popular book. And he talks about how he never sacrifices paying himself a salary. He always figures out how do I always pay myself? And as entrepreneurs, we have the ability, we're the unicorns in the world that can just go make more money. We're not tied to a salary or, you know, this nine to five restriction of, of what we can bring in into our worlds. And so 
when it comes to having our business, not just be about profitability, but about personal wealth, we need to be strategizing our personal salaries, making it something consistent that we pay ourselves and raising the salary and creating bonuses potentially based on what our business does. And so that needs to be a part of the principles on the business side, but really like, how do we create informed salaries? How do we create like motivation around giving ourselves that salary and giving ourselves that bonus is having and being the CFO in our personal lives. And so that means, and this is what I teach in my money matrix we've developed is that you understand your current lifestyle like you understand monthly what it costs you to live and and in like a what I call a short-term savings annual kind of plan this is birthdays and Christmas and vacations and things camps and stuff that you um as a successful wealthy person plan for and know and so that's the combination of your lifestyle and then we go into well we have to have additional money then to go towards our greater financial goals. And so once we've got to be the CFO there in the personal life so that we can see, okay, if I have a budget that's in the negative, just in my lifestyle, I got to do something. I got to spend less or I got to make more. And you certainly have to have additional money in order to, if you want to expand and upgrade your lifestyle, if you want to, if you're in debt, if you don't have any savings, if you aren't investing Those are things that we need to be planning for um, in your personal life. And then all of a sudden, when you have this clarity around, okay, realistically, and a lot of successful people like have this where they don't really have savings or they actually have debt. Well, let's get, you have $30,287 in debt. Let's figure out your strategy of paying that off. Okay. Your business can start to give you this. We can pay it off. You'll be debt-free in three months, four months. You're going to be really motivated to make the things happen in your business to pay you the salary and the bonuses to make that happen. So it's the combination of obviously understanding your cash flow and profitability in your business to pay you a salary and increase it and having really great clarity around your personal um, finances. And that will drive the motivation up for you to, to make that happen from your business to your personal life. Yeah, I think a lot of what I'm hearing is this awareness of what's possible rather than, I think a lot of people lead with this defeated mentality, like I've never had it, I don't know how to create it. And it's it's just awareness, like this is the practice that allows you to create wealth. Now, speaking of that defeatedness, I think a lot of people, especially women, and so we really are speaking you, you specialize in women and you were speaking to women. And by the way, if you're, you're one of our uh, wonderful uh, male listeners, uh, you might be thinking of some women in your life that could benefit from today's episode. I hope you will share it with them and um, be part of their uh, resource base to help them learn how to flip the script around money. But let's go back to challenges. What do you suspect or think some of the common financial challenges are that are keeping women from being able to build personal wealth? Well, we've just we've touched on a lot of the management part of it, like the practical. So I feel like those are things definitely. And as women, I'll say when it comes to the management stuff, this is a mindset piece that keeps us from the management. 
is for some reason we have put on repeat and I've heard this excuse at so many levels in so many ways and it is an excuse I just don't know how to do the numbers numbers just really overwhelm me I just that's not like that's not why I'm in right that's like a hat that you have to wear in business because by definition if you're a business you have to be profitable and have numbers and all that Many times we fall into entrepreneurship and it's like, oh, that's not something I do. I'm an expert at speaking or coaching or whatever. And like the money stuff is just not me. I I can't do numbers. I don't know spreadsheets. I can't make that work. And I love to call people out right there because that's a limiting belief and a limiting label that you're putting on yourself and that you're reiterating to your subconscious over and over and over again which is keeping you from being, I mean, money is power. So it's keeping you from being in full power in your business and in your life. And so I think that we have to change that narrative in order to start to step into the management piece. And I always say nobody is born knowing numbers, knowing math, understanding money. It's a skill we can attain. Just like if you have a course you didn't know how to do Kajabi and then you learned how to do it. And now you run a, you have a course. So it's the same thing, but there's also on top of this, so many things we have to, when it's money, a topic so vulnerable, so loaded that there's a lot more mindset work that I believe has to happen to help empower us to step into our, into our wealth that we desire. And my like the way I approach it with money is we build your musculature in your management part of things. All of a sudden, you know how to work a spreadsheet. Oh my gosh, this is making sense. I'm able to analyze things. I'm able to balance it. Like you're getting this musculature at the same time that you're really like tapping into your thinking around money and your beliefs and like, how do I amp these up? And they weave together and they really help each other. Um, And so I think we've got this mindset work that we have to do, especially as women. If we look at, you know, history and the way that we have been positioned as women in society around money, I mean, we've been very disadvantaged. That's just the reality. And this is, this is, I mean, money is power and it's just like, amazes me you know and I like to bring it into focus like we think about just what has changed in history in the past 100 years which is very recent you know in the past 100 years a woman cannot open her own bank account or sign her own get her own credit card without a man you know we were just in legislation and law was just being pushed towards equal pay for women and men in 2021, women made 82 cents to the dollar on average of a man. And so we're not just up against our own stories or our own money journeys or our own familial constructs and constraints and gifts around money, but we're up against a whole systemic society and history. And so I think that's really good context. It's not to give us an excuse, but I love it to be like, a motivation for why we as women, particularly entrepreneurs who are the unicorns that get to sort of lead what I'm calling the wealthy woman movement, because you are the ones who have said, I'm ballsy enough, I'm gutsy enough to go into the marketplace and say, my service, my product is worth an energetic exchange of money. 
and also to be able to have the power to raise your prices, bring in more money, all of that. And so even more so should we be really working to nurture our, our headspace, nurture our mindset and take on the responsibility of the management, because I believe that that changes history and it changes, you know, I believe wealthy women will change the world because of who we become in the process. And we can see statistically, like we are more altruistic and yeah, so it's huge. Mm. There's a lot in that. And uh, I love that you're helping women recognize that they can not just like break their own personal uh, limits and shatter those pre-constructed fears and doubts they have about themselves, but we're also shattering ancestral limits and, you know, paradigms that have kind of created this kind of like collective story about what wealth is possible, what, what wealth is like for women. So Love, love, love this. You know, I want to dig into the business side a little bit more because we we could probably do like a whole day of uh, talking about this. This is like I'm so passionate about this subject, like you are. But I want to I want to like dig a little bit deeper in for our listener today. What are the ways that you can use your business to become more personally wealthy? And maybe we can like drill into a couple really tactical level things that we can leave our listener with today. Yeah. So we talked about this a little bit, but let me talk through like the five financial goals that I, um, kind of speak to when we have the access. So we got to pay ourselves a salary. We've talked about that consistently bonuses, all of that. And so creating a financial plan for yourself. And so the five things I like to focus on are, um, the first is savings. So having, a savings plan and, and having that and it truly being savings, um, making sure like debt position. So if you have bad debt, um, there is good debt and bad debt. We won't go into that, but if you have bad debt, having a plan to pay off your debt, generosity is one that I always like to bring in is like, are there ways that you want to impact the world through, your money in whether it's particular large gifts or a consistency in giving lifestyle improvements. And so this could look like amplifying your current lifestyle. Like you, and this is all value-based to me when we do lifestyle improvements, it's not like, Oh, Aaron's preaching that everyone needs to go around the world, driving these luxury cars and living in mansions. It's really should be based on your values. So if you have a value around, you know, having special time with your children, then maybe it means you have to outsource laundry and cleaning so you can have that time with them. Or, you know, maybe it's about them having really holistic experiences. And so you want them to get to go to camps and to travel the world and whatever. Your money really speaks to your values. It should. And so we want to amplify your personal wealth by help, helping you expand your lifestyle through what, it, what are your values. You know, one of my big values is my home, phys, my physical home. I am obviously in real estate. I do design, interior design. Like I'm very inspired by my environment. But also I host a lot. People work out of this space, a real estate company. 
um, works here. I mean, we have kind of an open door policy, people come in and out. So I really put a lot of money into my home, into what it looks like, into it being clean, all of that. So really digging into your values and where do you want to amplify your lifestyle? And there's, it goes so much deeper, right? Than just like these, like, oh, I want the designer bag and all of this. I mean, getting time with your kids is pretty freaking valuable. And that happens to be, can be very supported by money. Well, and maybe that's outsourcing personal things, business things. So lifestyle improvements, that's looking at just generally what you maybe spend. And then it could be significant lifestyle improvements, like a second home or a boat or whatever, a a large vacation. And then the, the last one that I speak towards, which is huge is investing. And as entrepreneurs, We know that we are not given a 401k. We're not given a a retirement plan. We are the retirement plan. And so we shouldn't just be strategizing for the here and now. We need to be thinking, how how do we generate the money and start having the money work for us? And for Brent and I, our story has been that we have put most of our money into the real estate um, market, but also back into our business to, you know, amplify our business and our ability to make more there. And so creating an investment strategy is huge. And I love to get it on people's radars early because obviously that has compounding and, you know, impact for us. Hmm. Yeah, this is brilliant. Um, This is very aligned with what I've learned, I guess it was 20 years ago about wealth building. And I I love that you're talking about the values focused spending. Like that is where people get so tripped up about, well, this person's view of lifestyle looks like that, but that doesn't resonate for me. And then we write it off instead of recognizing we need to tune into what we value and look at how can our wealth building fuel and fund what we value most. So that's so clarifying. I'm so glad you brought that up. Erin, I know we're having some people just chomping at the bit of, oh my gosh, she's speaking to me. This is exactly where I'm at on my journey. I'm ready to build personal wealth. Um, I know you have a couple resources. Let's talk about what they are and then we'll link up in the show notes how people can reach out to you and connect besides just your main website. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, you could grab the Wealthy Woman Checklist. This is um, just really helping you analyze um, your all of your CFO responsibilities and what you should be aware of. Very practical. So it kind of goes through being the CFO of your business and what does that look like, the CFO of your personal world and your own mindset. And so that's a great resource. And um I'm super active on Instagram as well. So that's a great place to connect with me. Uh, Follow me. I do content there. I'm getting ready to launch a podcast. So I'll be having more content around money, mindset, and management. And Brent will be on the show. We'll talk about our real estate and investing and that journey and all the good things there as well. Awesome. I love it. I got to say having your own podcast is a huge game changer, especially if you've got such a powerful message, you know, it's a, it's a great way to get it out in a, in a bigger way. Well, this is my favorite time to ask you a couple fun, personal, get to know Aaron on a deeper level questions. Oh boy. Um, first of all, what is the boldest thing you've ever had to do to amplify the reach of your business? 
stop listening to experts and tune into my own intuition. Ooh, okay. Say more about that. That's very intriguing. (laughs) Yeah. You know, as you grow, I think at least my experience, like as you grow and stuff, you desire, you know, it's like, how do I impact more lives and how do I do this? And, and about a year ago, I realized, oh my gosh, I've done this wrong. I've paid for tens of thousands of dollars of Facebook ads. I've hired experts that have there no ill will on their own, but I've abandoned myself and my own intuition in that. And I'm landing in a place that feels so misaligned with who I'm serving, how I'm serving them, how I feel about my marketing. And I just had to have a real moment of facing like, mm, this, this is it. This isn't it, you know, and having the courage to do that after, you know, you think about all the time and money you've spent to build it. Many times we're just like, well, we should just keep going. I mean, at this point, and I just stopped and let myself lean into my intuition, which has led me down this past where path where I've really niched around women and money and wealth and feel so aligned. Hmm. You know, um, I applaud you for that. And and as an expert who people hire uh, to coach with, it might surprise my audience to hear me say this, but I find it's very rare that you find a guide to help pull the best out of you by tuning into your intuition as the human being versus like the expert trying to kind of force feed their way on you. And I always go back to it's very important to know who you need and what you need at each stage of your evolution as a business owner. Because there are times you need a coach who could help you tap into that intuition and maybe you've experienced that. And then there's times where you need somebody to teach you how to do something. And I think people don't also often know the difference and they hire the wrong kind of help. So I don't know if you noticed that too, I, love but that. I certainly have. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And even like levels of coaching, like when you think about like with my intensive program, that's a lot more like here, let me teach you a system. Like let's dig into this. Then you work with me one-on-one. It becomes way more like, well, what are your values? What's your intuition? What are your blocks? Like, you know, digging more into that Mm -hmm. personal side of things. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's why a little bit of a um, kind of deep dive into this for a second is um, we oftentimes need that more personal piece, but believe we can only afford the the kind of group stuff or the the more high level stuff. But what I find is if you are are willing to invest in the level of support you need, you you just find that path so much faster. So, you know, don't oh, yeah. talk yourself out of the level of support you really deserve. You're the greatest asset in your business. So make sure that you're investing in you. <laughs> hmm. Well said. I love that. All right. Last question. What is one thing you wish you would have done sooner? I think I would have just jumped into entrepreneurship sooner, to be honest. Mm -hmm. And I think I like kind of, to be honest, like I would have hired more mentors and teachers and coaches earlier on. Um, it would have, you know, people ask us this a lot with real estate. Like, what do you wish you would have done? And we're like, we could have really cut out a lot of pain and a lot of financial mistakes if we had a guide helping us through real estate and it wasn't just us doing it, you know, and now we do that for a few people, the real estate coaching stuff, but I think that's huge. Um, so that would be what I say. Mm, 
I love that. And that's often what people say is I, I wish I would have had the clarity to understand what I was going to get from coaching and do it sooner. Like I have so many of our guests have shared that. And it feels bad. I'm like, I'm sorry. I am a coach and it is like, it is, but like, I really mean it. It's your truth. Look, yeah. I was fortunate enough. Like the very first thing I did was hire a coach, mm. but most people don't do that. Right. Oh. And like, I, I literally, I literally felt like I had a, um, like the Red Seas parted for me quickly and I could separate what was confusing and, and, you know, like information that wasn't helpful to me and get called out on my ineffective behaviors really early on because I had coaches and, mm-hmm. you know, I, it's such a great gift to have the right coach. So I agree with you, Erin, thank you so much. And as you're tuning in today, I want you to check in with yourself and ask yourself, how committed am I to my own personal wealth? Am I taking the steps to build my personal wealth? Whether you're one of our female listeners and hopefully you're super inspired and you're going to run over to the show notes wherever you're listening to this and grab uh, Erin's tool that she's going to have linked up here, or you are uh, a a male listener and you know, the perfect woman who needs to hear this today. I hope you will share this with her, but Aaron, I love the work you're doing in the world. Thank you so much for joining us today. Such an honor. Thanks for having me. Thanks for tuning in today, Amplifier. Be sure to join us right now in the Amplify Your Authority community at authorityamplifiers.com. And I'll share my seven proven tips to be a highly paid expert that stands out in a crowded market. Plus, we're going to keep this conversation going, and I want to hear from you how you're going to amplify your authority and make a greater impact. Before you go, please take a minute to give our show and our guests some love over on your favorite podcasting platform. Subscribe, rate, and review. Leave your full name, and I'll spotlight you and your authority on social media. 